Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Stato Podcast, hosted by me, Stato Jew, and the Enigma Luke Sherwin. That's me. Here I am. It's so great to be back and chatting again about football. Some wild games went on today um, and yesterday. It was really nice to watch a full Premier League schedule midweek, wasn't it, Jim? It was good. Um, hopefully, you might actually get to hear this bit this time. You know, hopefully, a certain someone won't decide they'll try out the high quality audio resolution setting that will corrupt the audio. And then, you know, you'll really get, you wouldn't even get your bonus content. So, James Maben, first, first and foremost, I want to apologize to you because we answered your question about Rooney. We spent about 10 minutes on it. So, we have absolutely no desire to go back and talk about that again. But basically, we're not impressed. That's all you, you know, all you need to know is we're not impressed by a stint at Derby. Um, you know, I think, I think it was probably, you know, it was a divine intervention that it was, destroyed because I just sat and hated on Rooney and Derby in general for a good five minutes. So I think it's probably for the best the world doesn't hear that. But, you know, look, how have you been this last few days? What have you been up to? Have you been a busy boy? Yeah, I've been good. I've been a busy boy. I've worked every night this week so far, which has been busy, but it's been good. Um, It's been exciting, some of the stuff I'm doing in work, which is really cool. Um, but it's been a good one all in all. It's meant because I've worked evenings, I've been able to take the mornings off, which has been quite nice. Mm. And just be a wee bit more chill in the mornings and sleep in a little bit. So that's nice. Um, but yeah, nothing overly you know exciting in terms of other than that. I watched the film Dating Amber last night. I don't think Never you've heard of probably it. ever seen it. But uh, feel free to give it a give it a check or check it out. It's not a bad film at all. It made me kind of sad, but. Yeah, what about you, Joe? What have you been up to? Uh, I had my second exam on Tuesday. Um, it happened. Um, I had, I handed, I finished my dissertation literally two hours before recording this podcast. The weight off my shoulders. I feel like a new man. Unbelievable scenes. And also this morning, I was in back at my place of work for the first time. Since January 2020, we have not been able to run activities there. I work at an outdoor activity centre, so I was in getting my refreshing training. Thankfully, passed all the assessments, so the children will be safe under my care, which makes a nice change. Um, But obviously the intro is all about those sweet, sweet questions that we sometimes get from our listeners who knows why they want us to answer these questions? I will never know. Um, but this week's, today's question comes from Sam Curry. Sam sent me two questions. This is one of them because um, this is just the uh, the funnier of, of the two, or the less serious, let's put it that way. He asks, well, maybe he wants to take it seriously. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. He says, does a haircut change a player? Thinking of Torres when he cut his hair, he became crap. Glenn Johnson, also the same. Allison had a moustache and was shocking for a few games. Aubameyang with his dreads was shocking that game. Look, what are your thoughts on does a haircut change a player? Well, it's a difficult question because in some cases it seems like it really does and then in other cases it really doesn't. Certain yeah. players are notorious for their hair 
changes like David Beckham back mm-hmm. in the day changed his hair all the time, but was still a quality player. Whereas other players changed their hair, like Emmanuel Adebayor changed his hair and became a terrible striker seemingly overnight. Um, other players have done the same. When Fellaini changed his hair, you know, he decreased in quality significantly. Um, mm. But then again, I go back to other players who changed their hair. Lionel Messi changed his hair from a Luke Sherwin style haircut currently mm. to a, a more Justin Bieber style cut, which again didn't change him because he's the best player to ever play football. Um, mm. And so I think I think when you're just a genuinely quality footballer, it probably doesn't matter too much. What do you think? Well, I think back to my own career. No, I'm really joking. Um, no, uh, I was. You were going through some examples, and I was thinking, you know, maybe that's what Deli Ali needed to do about six months ago. You know, <laughs> he didn't just change his haircut. He might have got back into the Spurs team. So um, it is funny though because he does put out an interesting trend. You know, with some players, you know, like often. Sometimes, like just randomly, players change their haircut. They do seem to uh, lack in the same quality they had before. But um, look, I just think it's one of those things that happens sometimes. I think it's one of those ones where if you only pick certain cases, you could build a case around the fact that, yes, whenever people get their haircut, they get worse. Or also you could pick other incidents, like you were talking about Messi or Beckham and, uh, you know, I was going to say Ronaldo, but I mean, he's pretty much had the same style of hair for his whole career. Um, you know, although in saying that, Joe, Deli Ali, his change of hairstyle may imply a change in attitude as well maybe, and maybe. a complete mindset change mm. in which, yes, the haircut comes with the mindset change. And so it seems like the haircut has improved him. But in reality, it's the mindset that has changed, and the haircut just goes alongside that. Haircuts, I I think back to some of my ex-girlfriends, always when they panicked, they'd be like, I want to cut my hair. Mm. <laughs> when, uh, when they're stressing, they're like, I want to change my hair. Um, and sometimes they would, and they'd feel so much better. And maybe this is a case of Deli Ali has changed his hairstyle and then thought, yes, this is it. This is time to go. Here we are. Where I think, like, with Deli Alley, he was feeling a bit like Jesse J, and he was feeling, he's now feeling sexy and free. Um, oh, but, uh, <laughs> that's my job, mate, to make terrible things <laughs> of you. I had to get the song reference in there, because I know that you love doing that yourself. Um, I, uh, yeah, yeah, you, you tried. <laughs> but you know what? I actually love that question, because it was funny thinking about it. Um, you know... Just that I was just thinking about some of the haircuts and some things. Maybe Timo Werner could do with a haircut. Maybe that will improve him, you know. More extensions. Uh, more extensions. But uh, Sam, thank you for your question. We'll do your other question in the next podcast. We appreciate it very much. And William Stato McCulloch, we are not ignoring your question. We're purposely leaving your question until when the season ends because I personally would like to fully research that before we give you a proper answer. So I promise, mate. We're not leaving your question out. We just want to give it the time that it deserves. And uh, it'll probably be a couple of weeks before we answer that one. But we do appreciate you getting involved. Um, we better race on. We better race on because we have quite a packed show tonight. There was so much happening in the last two days. Um, not usually this many games in the midweek show to talk about. So um, we need to race on and get this show on the road. Look, what do you think? We do indeed. It was, yeah, a fun show, I'm sure. 
for you guys to listen to. So enjoy. Look, just giving away entirely there that we record. We're recording this intro after the show when he said it was a good show. <laughs> yeah, well, not, again, Joe, I'm not one to lie to these people and tell them that I like them more than the live viewers. Always, uh, I don't need to pretend that that we haven't already recorded the show. We have. But it makes it seem like a very, you know, you know, it makes it flow like beginning. You don't want your story to be like, you know, actually it's like end, middle, beginning. You don't want to do beginning, middle, end. You know, you want that flow. Do you know what? I really don't think it matters. (laughs) I think think me telling them it's good hopefully will make them actually want to stay and listen. Well, this attitude is the reason why we're not, we haven't had 100 million subs yet, so... No, this attitude is why it's called Stato Joe and not Stato Joe and Stato Link. <laughs> Stato Joe yes. and the Enigma. That'll be our anyway. man. That'll be our... I can't wait. <laughs> Since he's given it away, tonight's show, or this show that you're about to listen to, is genuinely the best we've done yet. Um, like, it honestly is. And we it's really hope chaotic, you enjoyed it. Most chaotic. I laugh a lot at some of the comments that were in the chat. Um, but enjoy the show we'll chat you in the outro uh and uh yeah we'll see you then hello everybody welcome to another live show the standard Joe live show i don't know what they call it it's me Stato Jew, and I'm joined by the Enigma, Luke Sherwin. There I am. It's me, the Enigma. <laughs> it's lovely to be here. It's, yeah, a delight to join on a Wednesday evening to chat through some football. And my, oh my, is the Premier League holding up, heading on to the Ooh. final day on Sunday. Ooh. Some of the results, especially today. Oof. Unbelievable scenes. It's, uh, it's nice to go into a final day knowing that it's it's good that they're playing at different time or the same time because then they won't even know what's going on and there's so yeah. many things up for grabs. And just before we came on air, we were looking at some stuff that we're going to talk about that has absolutely blown our minds based on the Premier League table. Um, but surely the main headline really, because we talked about this on Sunday, I think it's really right that we talk about it again really is... Um, last night's big game because that's kind of the where the big uh, decider was so look tell us all about uh chelsea leicester city part two yeah so chelsea played leicester again um after the fa cup final uh, at the weekend and we had what was made out to be a fascinating game of football we saw a chelsea team that could rotate a little bit more in in actuality they didn't rotate that much but a couple of players which potentially proved to be pivotal, 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 pivotal. Let me spit it out there. You got there. You uh, did it. Well done. I well got done. there. Eventually. I just wanted to make the word longer. <laughs> um, but Leicester couldn't quite rotate as much. They were missing Johnny Evans as he went off injured in the FA Cup final. They brought in a few players, but ultimately didn't look the same side that they that played uh, at the weekend. I think Chelsea showed their class. Chelsea did oh, really did the same thing they did on on saturday they didn't really change that much at all in how they played but this time came out with a victory and um, it was a good game it was, it was another game that like the liverpool 
Man United game from um, from before a couple of weeks or last weekend. Uh, like that game, it was an enjoyable big six game. You know, it mm-hmm. was it was nice to watch. It was a good time all around. Uh, did you have any thoughts on the game, Joe? Um, I wasn't shocked to be perfectly honest. I think we kind of talked about it and we were like, yeah, I think I think this is this is what's going to happen. Um, you know, I don't. I, you see, after last row in the FA Cup, I don't think it's really fair to call them ballers because they did win it. They did win a trophy. And they're they're probably going to finish fifth, so you know that's that's a good season in anyone's books, really, unless you're Man City or, or United. Um, there's Mikey. Good evening, Mikey. Uh, Mikey, would you be interested on coming on live to talk about West Ham? Because you know, you know, you're you're more than welcome to join the stream if you want, um, and we can chat all things West Ham later on if you, if you'd like. Um, but yes, I think with with Leicester. It's it's still a good season. Uh, we we didn't. I, I realized when we went off air last week, we didn't talk about Brendan Rodgers as much as I'd wanted to because I, I wanted to give him full praise because I think that the job that he's done, yes, with the full backing of the owners and all that stuff, I think you know he's done a fantastic job, and um, you know, I'm just I'm kind of like proud of him in a weird like national sense like that's one of us you know um, there's Joshua Ray and thinks Brandon Rogers is a tube he's not a, he's not a Leicester fan or clearly a Northern Ireland fan so Josh I don't I, why do you clearly not unbiased either so <laughs> why do you think I, that's actually a good question Josh why do you think Brandon Rogers is a tube is it because of the Liverpool stuff and not winning the league. I think he's a Liverpool fan. I'm not 100 sure, but anyway, yeah, I think it was a good job uh, from Chelsea. They've probably secured top four. In fact, I think they have. But uh, yeah, I think now really Liverpool are in pole position to go and finish fourth. What do you think about that? I think that's a fair enough assumption to make. Leicester have the hardest game on the final day. Um, ultimately, they play Tottenham. Well, I say it's tough, but at the moment Tottenham aren't overly great. Um, but they play they play Tottenham. Liverpool are home to Crystal Palace, and while Liverpool have had their issues at home this season, and um, ultimately you'd back Liverpool to beat Crystal Palace. Although in saying that, not to bring up Stoke, but Liverpool in the final day of the season is sometimes a really, really fun time, you know. I, as a Stoke fan, saw Stoke beat Liverpool 6-1 on the final day of the season, so a little bit biased. Uh, But I I would back Liverpool to beat Crystal Palace, um, and Chelsea are playing Villa. I think they'll get some form of of a result there. When he was at Liverpool, uh, I could have stood in the technical area and won the league. Suarez and Sturridge on their own would have won that league. My top-class manager, I couldn't disagree more with that statement. I think Brendan Rodgers did a really good job because apart from Suarez and Sturridge, the rest of the team was pretty rubbish. <laughs> the rest of the team was not mm, that good. Pretty the rest of the team was nothing like the Man City that won the league this season. Do you know? <laughs> or like any of the teams that have won the league. I apart from Leicester, but theirs was an entirely different situation. And I think Brendan Rodgers did a great job at Liverpool. Um yeah, please feel free to let me know why Jay Spearing is one of your all-time favorite Liverpool players. Um, <laughs> but you're, you're probably not. Um, Ethan has rightly said there, had to score about five goals a game 
to to win because defensively we're really poor. Um, and I I don't think that's all Brendan Rodgers' fault because you look at um, you look at the likes of Celtic who he managed and now Leicester. I don't think that the issue was in fact the defence. I don't think that's a Brendan Rodgers thing. I think it was a Liverpool thing. Do you know who was it? Saka at the back or whatever that season. Um, all we needed for was a draw. Yeah, again, I don't think it was Brendan Rodgers' fault. Ultimately, one game does not define a season. I think I, I, I don't think Brendan Rodgers takes the blame for that. I think the players take the blame because they were comfortable. They were comfortable and should have won that, but they let it slip. <laughs> also, if Liverpool had won the league that season with the team they had, that would have been an unbelievable achievement. So let's not let's not um, say that for their like finishing second was still a great achievement. I get it's heartbreaking, you know. I get the slip. I get all that stuff. That's that's gotten. Of course, it is absolutely. And ultimately, really, if you think about it, if we're going to talk about singular moments, if we're going to talk about singular moments that defined that season. It was... <laughs> I've just seen Matthew's comment. <laughs> Sorry. I'm laughing because Matthew said, Brendan Rodgers needs to eat his Sunday dinner with a paramedic. Chokes on it all the time. Matthew, he didn't choke on Saturday when Leicester won the FA Cup. So, you know... Like, look at the team. The team... I've just looked at the team here. Um, that That's not... That's so not true to Matthew's Liverpool the Prem because there was a defence that had... Glenn Johnson, John Flanagan, Mamadou Sakho, and Martin Skirtle. You cannot tell me that is a title-winning defence. And for Brennan Rodgers to have got even close is an achievement. Yes, yes, Joe Allen is the greatest player to ever play in the Premier League. You're right. Gerrard was great. Lucas Leiva was a fine defensive midfielder. But that in no way was a team that should be anywhere near winning the league. That defence is nothing like a Premier League winning defence. And so to make the argument that John Flanagan should have won the Premier League as a starting player is ridiculous. But also, the point I was getting to before Matthew's, to be fair, quite funny comment interrupted, was um, Gerard slip is ultimately, what ultimately, in the grand scheme of things, was what cost him the league. Josh, you're, you're saying how can you say coming second in the league's an achievement whenever you're going to celebrate coming fourth on Sunday. So do not come here and say, how is that an achievement whenever this weekend, and I promise you that will happen, if you come fourth this weekend, you will celebrate like you won the league. And that is the kind of crap that annoys me, is whenever you say it's things nice. like that. It's nice there, Joe, because we're seeing two very different sides of Liverpool fans right now in the comments, because George and Matthew are being very biased. Whereas Ethan nicely is coming in here to say most of that squad was mid-prem at best. And he's absolutely right, as a Liverpool fan, acknowledges the fact that it was an achievement for Ren Rodgers to get second. You look at Ole Gunnar Solskjaer this season, there's nobody out there that says him getting second place was not an achievement. That is, an, that is such an achievement for Solskjaer. Nobody mm -hmm. expected them to be anywhere near going second place in the Premier League. So for him to get second place in the Premier League is a massive achievement. I don't think you can say getting second in some cases is not an achievement. Also, I think Liverpool getting fourth this season is a great achievement based on the kind of nightmare that they've had this season because people they were like, I know they were first at Christmas, top of Christmas. Yeah, I've heard that said to me a lot of times, but 
you were you lost six home games in a row until about three weeks ago. You never had any hope of getting Champions League football, and now you might get Champions League football. And there are so many Liverpool fans who were celebrating. Josh, you might not celebrate the same way, and that's totally fine, and that's like up to you. But I know a lot of Liverpool fans who will celebrate getting fourth this season, but and I think rightly so because. The Liverpool bench is nowhere near the same calibre as some of the other benches in the Premier League. And you saw tonight in the Liverpool game, uh, was it, I think a 3-0 it finished against Burnley. The first half, Liverpool stuttered their way through. They managed to get the they managed to get the goal and then they got the two goals in the second half. But the 3-0 win, and you know, they're through. <laughs> so now we have we have Matthew and Josh are brothers. Matthew said second as first loser means nothing. Josh said the Champions League shouldn't be called the Champions League because it's not the champions of each league. Um, but did you guys not win the Champions League whenever you weren't the champions the year before? Um, look, it did. I, if, I, I, if it was just Champions of each league, it would not be a fun competition. That's the only issue is that you would have you know, six good teams and then the rest would be rubbish. And that would be disappointing. Why it's so exciting is right now, the Champions League final is between teams that in the Premier League currently are first and third. That's, that's fun. Do you know, last year, it wasn't necessarily just all winners that go, uh, yes, it was Bayern Munich and PSG. They were in this case. That's not always the case at all. I think the Champions League is more fun having more teams outside of just winners. Um, also, Liverpool would be nowhere near as many as they have got if it was just winners. Um, so I think you, as a Liverpool fan, would be disappointed by that. Ethan there again says, 100% celebrating fourth with City so strong at the heart, um, uh, at the heart of the team out with injuries. As a Liverpool fan, you should be celebrating getting fourth because at one stage it looked like you could finish eighth. Um, yeah. But <laughs> two years ago, it, it, this is what annoys me about Liverpool fans. Two years ago, Liverpool fans would happily have got come second and said that's some achievement because they were finishing like seventh and eighth in the Premier League. Now, because they've won the league once, they expect that to be winning the league every season, which is unrealistic. Man City have put together one of the greatest squads ever to play in the Premier League and they haven't been able to win back-to-back all the time. It's, it's not normal to expect to win the league every season. Yes, you want to do it. That's normal. You want to try and win it. But to say it's not an achievement to still come second from a team that five years ago was finishing seventh in the Premier League, nah, it's nonsense. It's also not weak to sit and say, to look at Man City squad and go, yeah, that's a better squad than ours. In fact, if, if you're not sitting there and doing that, you know, no one this season could ever compete to... Uh, no one in the season could ever, ever compete against Man City. No one could, you know. I don't. I don't even know if Liverpool could have competed this season with a full strength eleven because there wasn't the same amount of time to rest players, and because the squad depth isn't the same, would they have managed? Now, obviously, they're hypothetical questions. If they had a full strength team, I would have fully expected Liverpool would have given City a race right to the final day. So, like, you know, I'm, I'm not saying either way that, that they wouldn't have or they would have, but I just think that's one of those questions. But also on the Brendan Rodgers thing, 
I have said, and I've said it a lot, and I've laughed about it, about him being a bottler. And we, we've t- we've talked about it before, about, you know, Leicester not doing well last season. Or not, not that they didn't do well last season, that they bottled top four last season. That they bottled, they could, they're pretty much going to bottle top four this season, it looks like. And yes, he has a reputation for not fully getting the job over the line. However, with Leicester, the situation is very different because Leicester are, on paper, overachieving by a mile. So with the squad that they have, the fact that they're sitting guaranteed, I think they're guaranteed fifth. Maybe I'm wrong with that, but I think if they're guaranteed, if you're you're guaranteed top five, right? I've just seen the Mickey Mouse Cup. What do you do? The Mickey Mouse know. Cup is the League Cup, not the FA Cup. You, you cup. can't change it now, just because Liverpool have never really won the FA Cup in recent history. Yeah, I'm just going to look this up. When did Liverpool last win the FA Cup? Uh, 2011? Against Bolton. Is it that one? I'm just trying to look it up. Not sure, but back to your point anyway. Leicester are guaranteed fifth place in the Premier League at a minimum, which is very good. Yeah. Um, 2006, people are saying here. Um, 2006? 15 years ago, which is why it might be the Mickey Mouse Cup in their eyes. Um, Ooh, oof. Yes, Leicester are doing very well. I will say, though, it's a strange one because last season I understood it a little bit more with Brendan. Um, last season, Leicester did really well, but as soon as pandemic hit and football came back after the break they were terrible they were really bad and they just did not do well at all lesser really hit like the, the poo hit the fan after that um and that was that was that but this season they've been consistent enough and i can't give him credit in saying oh it was because of the pandemic this time it is a question of motivation and whether brennan rogers is the manager who can motivate entirely to bring in newcastle is is ridiculous here <laughs> um, again i come in from a semi-neutral standpoint again because i'm not a liverpool fan not a newcastle fan I'm a team i support a team in the championship do you know <laughs> so i can't well, i can't make any comment well, I, on that. i just want to say to josh that you know we've won the championship twice in the last 10 years you know so we're we're a club that everyone should be scared of you know well, we've won through. <laughs> I can't even take so myself true. seriously. So true. Um, um, but Liverpool are a big team, and if they expect, they should do. Uh, what do we think about Vardy recently? As we kind of wrap up our chat on Leicester before moving on, maybe to the Liverpool game for tonight. And um, what do you think about Vardy recently, Matthias? He could hardly score furniture. And um, clearly, he's taking his shoes off before coming into the house. He's a good man. And um, but yeah, Vardy hasn't hasn't been good enough. And um, he he's looked a little bit off off the ball and tonight he went or last night sorry they went back to a one up front mm-hmm. um, and i thought i wonder if this will do well but he had the unfortunate situation of playing against one of the best defenses in the league and so it's a hard thing to judge i'll be more curious come sunday when they play tottenham to see how they set up because if they set up one up top with Vardy against the tottenham's i would back him again but he, maybe that injury has cost him a little bit of pace. Maybe that injury has started the decline of Jimmy Vardy, which is sad because he's a great player and he's amazing to watch. But I'm not too sure. Joe, what do you reckon? Um, look, you know, I think Vardy next season could be a squad player, uh, potentially, because he has... He has He's either lacked confidence 
And I, you know, I wonder, not that Leicester don't have motivation right now, but if he was maybe trying to play his way into a Euro place, would that extra motivation maybe have spurred him on a bit, you know? But yeah, I think, I think, I think we've seen, we've seen the best of Vardy and uh, he hasn't got the same pace. And uh, yeah, it's just, Again, Josh has just put in that Brandon has ruined a good player again. If you look at his his stats under Brandon Rogers, I think they would disagree. I think age. Brando? Who's Brando? Who's Brando? <laughs> I think age, I think age and time has just has come for Vardy potentially, and injuries have maybe caught up with him because his stats under Brandon Rogers are ridiculous. He really has, um, arguably you know got Leicester out of a lot of diff- difficult situations and are single-handedly is the type of player who will win you a game Vardy is the type of player who will score out of nowhere and make you win and maybe that's why Leicester are bottling this again maybe this is why their form has got worse because they are lacking Jamie Vardy to change a game and maybe Brendan Rodgers needs to look to change something and um, that's that so Leicester now are sitting Currently in fifth after tonight's mm-hmm. game with 66 points, Chelsea on 67 points, and finally, then Liverpool now have leapfrogged Leicester. Um, Brenton is top level, says Mark. Uh, glad to see you're on our side, uh, but Josh is still adamant. Hashtag Brenda out. Um, we say no to Brenda. Uh, Liverpool tonight played Burnley, yeah, a weird game of football. Burnley had far more possession, far more shots than I expected them to, Joe. What did you make of the game tonight? It actually wasn't a bad game. In fact, I uh, I thought that um, certainly in the first half, Liverpool's defence looked a bit shaky. Or Burnley just played well. It's one of the two. I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm not going to say either way because it want to cause some sort of controversial anti-Liverpool hate here. That's not the point. But... Uh, you know, Burnley missed some, I would say, easy to fairly easy chances. Liverpool went and scored a pretty good team goal. I've seen the comments are class tonight. Josh just, just said, Phillips could hit. <laughs> Phillips could hit a meteor back in this space. The Rain Josh, Brothers have clearly been sitting there googling together. What can we <laughs> say about the Liverpool team? But I mean, Firmino scored, so that's surely something we should all celebrate together. Um, as as Firmino scores a goal, which is less often than my exams are at the minute. But um, he got Luke Shaw man of the match just last week. So could you please take that back? Controversial. Um, but look, a good win overall for for Liverpool. Um. Obviously, a much-needed win, and actually, until their first goal, I was wor- I'm not worried. That's the wrong phrase because I didn't actually care. But I was. I, did, I think you mean. <laughs> I was. Uh... What's the word? I was thinking to myself that maybe this could be an, a draw, just just the way it was playing out. Because Allison made some good saves. Liverpool didn't have many chances. Had some. Salah missed a couple of good chances. Um, and then, yeah, in the second half, Phillips, who hadn't scored for Liverpool in the Premier League, uh, got got the header. Uh, and then, yeah, 
What did you think? Look, thoughts? I would say the worrying thing has continued here for Liverpool in that we look statistically again. 20 shots tonight. 20 mm. shots tonight. And how many on target? Just the three that went in. Like, critical. <laughs> and it, Will Norris was playing keeper tonight. I've never heard of him. <laughs> I've never heard of him before tonight. Uh, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't Peacock Farrell. It wasn't Nick Pope. It was a weird. It was a random guy who let in all the shots that went against him on target. Yeah. And so the worrying signs are there. Liverpool are having a lot of shots, yes, but the ones going in um, are few and far between because they're just simply not getting them on target. <laughs> wow, <laughs> wow! I didn't even know how to respond to that comment. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Liverpool, I thought defensively, actually were okay. But Ethan says here, if they played a better striker, they, Liverpool would have been caught out. Their striker constantly running off the back of Reese Williams. And that is a that is a point to, to bring up. Chris Wood has been phenomenal in these last few months. Mm-hmm. Really good. The goals he's been scoring actually have been quite nice as well. Um, but he's not quick. And that's what cost Burnley tonight. If they had a quick boy up top, somebody to run in behind and take Reese Williams, they probably could have scored. Uh, but Liverpool probably knew that Burnley don't have a quick striker and were happy enough to let them come. Robertson had one of the best games he's played in a long time. Played well mm-hmm. again. Um, but Josh has said their popular opinion, but I genuinely couldn't agree more. Um, not with that. Not with a couldn't catch COVID. But as Josh has said, I think if Chamberlain could get his fitness back, He'd be a really good option for a goal-scoring midfielder. I think that is something Liverpool are dying for. They are calling out for somebody who's going to pick up the ball and run at defenders. And Chamberlain's done that his whole career. That goal he scored against City a couple of years back was unbelievable. But Chamberlain and Diogo Jota, I think, both play very similarly and both make Liverpool a more diverse team. Just the other day, Joe, we were talking about how Liverpool are one-dimensional. Liverpool have a plan A, but they have plan B. They don't have a plan B. There's not a British rapper in there. They can't do it. And so Chamberlain and Diogo Jota offer an alternative that makes Liverpool better. Yeah. Um, again, we did say about Jota on Sunday, and I think we'll probably do a review of the season. And I think for me, he's probably one of the signings of uh, the season. Um, but yeah. I, I, I really like the Ox. Um, but actually, Josh said there about having a good option for a goal scorer midfielder. I would love to know your thoughts, Josh, on Firmino playing Cam or 10 or like that kind of like attacking midfield role. Like, do you think he could be a goal scorer midfielder or would he be more of a. Because Firmino this season has created more than he scored. You know, he struggled for goals, but he's. He's played well as a creative player at times, so I just wonder what Liverpool fans' opinion would be of that, because I've thrown that out to a couple of people, and people seem to think that's a, a decent option. Um, but yeah, in terms of in terms of like Liverpool overall, looks like they've secured top four. They just they all, basically they just need to beat. Is it Palace they play on on Sunday? I think they just need to beat Palace by more goals than Leicester by like. Are they three? I think they've got three goals on Leicester. Uh, they have four, so they need to win, you know, by four goal. Or they need to. Uh, how do I say this? Leicester need to win by five goals more than Liverpool do in order to go. I like into, it. 
yeah, unlikely because they're playing Spurs. <laughs> oh, just, who knows? Just on that point, actually, about goal scoring midfielders. Any Liverpool fans, I'd be so curious to hear. So if you're live, just stick it in the chat. If you're not, stick it on Twitter, tweet us, put it on Instagram, whatever. Why is Genie Wijnaldum not a goal-scoring midfielder, even though he can clearly do it for the Netherlands? Because he came from Newcastle. <laughs> no, but he can do it for the Netherlands. His goal-scoring record for the Netherlands is ridiculous. He scored a lot of goals and not very many games for the Netherlands. Why does he not do it for Liverpool? Is it a Klopp thing? Does Klopp tell him to stay back? Is it a tactical thing? Does it not get? Does he not get the same freedom in the Liverpool team? Why is Genie Wijnaldum not scoring as many goals as he does for the Netherlands? I'd be so curious to hear what you guys have to say. Um, Mark here has put in that Bobby's not good enough and that Chamberlain should be out. I don't know who you support, Mark, but I'm starting to think it's not Liverpool. I think he's a Liverpool <laughs> fan. I do think he's a Liverpool fan. Uh, Ethan there has said, when you're trying to win the Prem, you need a goal-scoring striker. Absolutely right. I think that's a big issue with um, with a lot of different uh, teams at the moment. You look at Arsenal, Aubameyang hasn't been firing this year. You look at Chelsea, they have a couple of strikers who aren't aren't great. Um, you have City who don't have a striker either, and Liverpool are largely similar. Tottenham are one of the only teams who have a goal, outnight goal scorer in that big six sort of contention, and yet he wants to leave, <laughs> apparently, according this week, is that he wants to leave. Um, so Kane would be a great signing for anybody. Um, but yeah, um, thank you, Josh, for saying that's a great question, but I, I'd love to hear your answer. Why, <laughs> why, can't GD, why can't GD score goals? Um, but Joe, yeah, we've talked about Liverpool. Defensively, I thought they looked good tonight. Attacking-wise, Salah was terrible. Um, thought Salah played really poorly. Played like a Mane tonight. Um, Burnley all across the field were not good okay. at all. Any any final thoughts about Liverpool uh, before we maybe then chat about the more exciting European competition, the European uh, Conference League? Well, just big game defensively from from Liverpool. The, the ratings all round from the back four are uh, astronomically good. Trent on an eight. Uh, Nat Phillips on an 8.9. Reese Williams even getting a 7.5. Robertson got an 8, on an 8.7. Um, Allison got an 8.2 as well. And you were saying about Salah, 6.3. He did miss a couple of uh, chances. And that's the thing about Salah. He'll score out of the blue, right? He'll, he'll score out of the blue. Like, he'll score ridiculous goals. And then often when he gets presented with decent chances, he'll put... He'll, he'll, I noticed tonight that he likes to lace his shots. And then tends to kind of get him over the bar. Just get your knee over it. Get your knee over it. Um, but yeah, I think overall uh, decent enough for Liverpool. Fair play. They've they've done it when it counts. And uh, <laughs> Matthew Rain <laughs> says that Liverpool are going to win the quadruple next year. Heard it here first. And Matthew, if it does happen, we can come back in a year's time and go, wow, this guy, Matthew Rain. He's absolutely, he's nailed it. He's nailed it. He's, and he'll go down forever instead of Joe Folklore. Um, um, Joe, speaking of hearing things here first, you heard it here first. The problem with Arsenal is they try to walk the ball into the back of the net. And tonight we saw a prime example of that. We saw a prime example. Arsenal won tonight, 3-1. Two of their goals coming in added time at the end of the game. They had six shots tonight, only three on target. Much better ratio than Liverpool, I'll give them that. But the problem seems to be 69% possession. They're trying to walk the ball at the back of the net. 
I told you, I've told you so many times, that's their problem. But they came up with a win tonight. They win. We don't, we're not going to talk too much about it. Nicholas Pepe had probably one of the best games in his Arsenal career, which is great. You love to see that. Um, love that suggestion there from, from Ethan. Uh, Joe to pull a Lineker and present Stato Joe in his underwear, if Matthew Rain is correct, and the quadruple happens. Yeah, you've heard him here first. You've heard it's him done. here first. It's done. Done. So uh, but yeah, Arsenal looked solid enough. They were. It was great to see determination. Pepe and Martinelli looked like two players who actually wanted to win the game, and that was mm. really nice to see. Party had a decent game. Callum Chambers played all right at right back. There were some actually decent individual performances, which was nice. Um, but yeah, Arsenal. Arsenal won, getting three points. We look at the rest of the table. Um, Tottenham yesterday, uh, or no, not yesterday, earlier, the early kickoff today, managed to lose. <laughs> um, they lost 2-1 to Aston Villa um, in a game they didn't look great. Ryan Mason doesn't clearly doesn't really know how to manage a football team. It's a prime example of a former player coming in, as we've seen countless times in these last couple of seasons, not doing really well. Tottenham lost. Um, and West Ham won. Maybe we'll get Mikey on to chat about that at some stage. But mm-hmm. it actually makes the the race now for Europa Conference League slash Europa League kind of interesting because we look at the league and behind behind uh, Leicester, we have West Ham in sixth, Tottenham in seventh, Everton in eighth, and Arsenal in ninth. Joe, just the other day you had written Arsenal off completely. What are you thinking now? You're not just throwing this back on my face. Um, <laughs> well, I had well, I think I'd written off. Uh, I, yeah, I, I'd written off Arsenal because they're Arsenal. Yeah, quote, but, quote, you stopped. You stopped at Leicester and said, or at Leeds, sorry, and said anyone below that is probably too far away to get anything. Now we look at the table; it's a completely different story. Yeah. Well, I think. Interestingly, that Spurs bottled it tonight. Um, I, I'm I'm perplexed at that, by the way, because Harry Kane's potentially last game at at White Hart Lane. You'd think there'd be some sort of performance there from them, because you know they realistically had to win to put the pressure on West Ham. They didn't. West Ham uh, decided they'd show up in the second half today um, because. Why why show up in the first half when you show up in the second? Um but with 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 Arsenal, it's funny because I feel like you would rather not have your conference league. Like for me, I would rather well no, I wouldn't because I'm a Newcastle fan. If I was an Arsenal fan, I don't think I'd want Europe Conference League. Like I'd rather not get it. Because it actually by being by being in the Europa Conference League highlights how embarrassing your season was. Yeah. Does that makes sense. In saying that, there was a season 2000, actually I heard Trevor Sinclair talking about it today on TalkSport, and West Ham effectively were in the Europa Conference League in the year 2000 and won it. <laughs> mm. And and he said the fans loved it. The fans all came along. They had a great time. It was a nice European competition for them to be in. But talking from a player's perspective, he was like, "I couldn't care less. I don't know where my, don't know where my medal is. I don't really remember who we were playing." And he was saying it's not that, excuse me, big of a deal. 
I think that is the case, especially with it starting out. Although maybe with it starting out, it is the best season to be in it, is the first one. Maybe. Win the maybe. first one, say, happy days, we've done that, and then try never to get back into it again. Um, but the race there is holding up, because it looks like fifth and sixth are going to get Europa League, and mm-hmm. seventh will get um, Europa Conference League. And so Arsenal, in my opinion, will get it. <laughs> I genuinely think Arsenal are going to finish seventh in the Premier League, which Mm -hmm. I didn't think I would say a few weeks ago or months ago. On the final day of the season, Arsenal are at home to Brighton. Not an easy game, um, as we've seen, you know, via um, Man City just yesterday. Uh, But Everton have to go to City and Tottenham have to. Everton have the advantage Mm -hmm. in that City don't really have anything to play for, but Leicester definitely do. And so, Joe, what do you reckon? How do you, who do you think finishes seventh there? Oh, Frank. Um, I, I'm utterly convinced now that Arsenal are going to finish seventh. But I'm also aware that Leicester don't have the brick wall that is Johnny Evans at the back. And so... Like I mean, but it's Spurs. You're 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 hearing or watching me internally die, and I try to think about who's going to finish seventh. I think I think no, sure it'll be Leeds. No, it'll be Arsenal. I think it'll be Arsenal. I think it'll be Arsenal. Nice. Um, it'll not be Leeds because they're not. No, going no, to score. no, no it could be. They could score if one team's going to score fifteen goals in the Premier League game. It's Leeds. It's Leeds. Yep. That's four fifteen. Other goal difference will be bad. Um, Ethan's asked there in the chat, Joe. Look, if you were Kane, would you stay? Um, no. Nope. Not at all. No way. No way. Why not? Absolutely not. It's been an absolute shambles this season. And if but you're, would i would i say look i've played for this club for how long has kane been at spurs like first team like five years six years i've played for for six years we've won deadly squat that is not what i my ambition is in my career i want to go on to win the biggest and the best he's arguably one of the best strikers in world football right now surely it makes more sense for him to be going to a bigger club. I don't know where he. I don't know where he fits though. Is the issue, but for me, he has to go. As Claude from IFTV would say, "RIP." It's time to go. It's time to go. Harry Kane has averaged twenty goals a season since twenty fourteen fifteen. Mm-hmm. He's a one season wonder, eh? One season wonder, as they yes. said at the start, as he scored those twenty one goals, followed that up with another twenty five, and. Um, I think personally he needs to go. Um, sadly, Newcastle aren't going to be in the championship, but I would take him at Stoke. I'll take him there. Michael O'Neill could do wonders with him. Um, good question there from Josh saying, would you rather win one trophy with your club than 10 at a random one? Um, I guess it depends on whether he truly cares that much. Like Tottenham, are they just his employers or is he a fan? Notoriously, he's an Arsenal fan. <laughs> so. That was the those to, pictures arrived. To, to, uh, Josh's point, to, to Josh's point, sorry, I wouldn't want to stay at a club to never win a trophy and look back and go, I should have moved. The only reason 
that Shearer stayed at Newcastle that whole time was he'd already won the Premier League with Blackburn, right? So he'd, he'd, he'd already won the trophy. And he was, and so then he, he was there for loyalty purposes. He didn't go to United. He went to Newcastle and he stayed. He'd already won the trophy. He already made, he'd already reached that kind of peak of winning the Premier League, right? He'd already done that. Harry Kane, unfortunately, has not. And he's one of those players that it would be, if you were to look back, and it would be like, who's one of the best players to play in the Premier League and never win a single trophy? Because Spurs haven't won a single trophy since he's been there. The answer would be Harry Kane. If that was to happen, the answer would be Harry Kane. For me, I think you've served six years for your club. You've got to the Champions League final. You've tried. You got the League Cup final this year. You were put in a your your owners screwed you over because they got rid of Jose just four days or six days before the final because they were too busy trying to cover their asses over the Super League. And you should, I think, go. I've served you for six years. I've given it my all. I've scored. 20 plus goals a season, you know. But my ambition for me, singular, is to go and win trophies. And that's not going to happen here. And I just think he has yeah. to, I just think it, he has to go. I think Ethan's spot on there in the comments when he says a bit of a bail situation, too good for them. He's right. I think the way that, that Tottenham are going, manager and everything, they don't look like they're going in the right direction. They don't look like they are heading to winning stuff. They don't have a squad that's deep enough, a squad that's good enough to play. Um, they're not going to be in the Champions League next season. Kane needs to go somewhere where he could win the Champions League. And if I'm Kane, I'm thinking, I could make Tottenham a lot of money here. Daniel Levy cares a lot about money. Mm. I think that's good enough. <laughs> if I'm Kane, I'm thinking, make that money. And and that's and that's grand. Um, one one man club or one club man it, it's it's possible but in in the premier league it's a lot harder at the moment because the teams fluctuate entirely there are still like as mikey's point out there like mark noble yeah because he's an, a bang average player is a one one club man to be fair um messi is a one club man potentially until maybe this summer um it's a lot easier in other countries with with good teams that that you're not playing in the Premier League, the most competitive league in the world. And um, mm. I think Harry Kane needs to leave. Where he goes is another debate. Real Madrid would be great for him. Barcelona wouldn't be good for him. Bayern Munich makes no sense. PSG, I don't think is that desirable from a Harry no. Kane standpoint, but no. would probably make the most sense <laughs> because he could yeah, actually go and win a lot <laughs> of trophies. And he could genuinely go and win three next season if he wanted to at PSG with Pochettino as their star player alongside Neymar and Mbappe. It's mm. quite the front three. He would be the missing link that Accordi just simply is not. Um, but Harry or Man City maybe would uh, would be a good fit for him. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm not too sure. Would fit Real oh, perfectly. He's a better Benzema. I think I would agree any other season. I would have agreed straight away with you. But I can't, I can't slander Benzema at all this season because he single-handedly got Real Madrid within one game of potentially being able to nip the league. So I think he, he's a good player, um, Harry Kane, but I don't know if you can just get rid of Benzema like that. Look, if he wants to maximise his trophies, he has to win Liverpool next season because they're winning the quadruple, confirmed. So uh, you make a good that's, point. That's I think you said cool. to Maxman there for a second. And I was like, where's he coming to this? But you said to maximise, so it's, it's all good. Um, but... Uh, so, 
we don't have an awful lot of time left here. We've kind of no. got carried away chatting about about Harry Kane and all these things. But it's I been great wanna... to have everybody commenting in the in the chat and giving yeah. us lots of questions to talk about. I just want to put out a question for the chat while we bring Mikey on, and that is: Would you really blame Kane if he went somewhere to win trophies? But anyway, that's that's for another day. But basically, we want to talk about West Ham for a bit. They've had an unbelievable season. Uh, today, they managed to turn around a pretty poor performance uh, to to win. 3-1 against West Brom and a good mate of mine, Mikey, is on and we're going to have a chat about West Ham. He's a West Ham fan. Um, Mikey, welcome to the show. How's it going, lads? Thanks for having me. How are you getting on? No problem, mate. Good to have you on. How are you? Not too bad. No, it would have been better if that was a bit more of a comfortable performance, but the scoreline flatters it, I think, <laughs> after that one now. Well, it was interesting because the first thing I saw of it was Declan Rice missing the penalty very, very early, very, very early on. So, when you're sitting watching that game, what's your immediate reaction then? So, that happens. What are you going? Is this, that's it? Not happening tonight? No, it was more of a. Firstly, you should be scoring that. You know, you don't want the yeah. record of the earliest missed penalty ever in the Premier League on your shoulders, which Declan Rice now has. But. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's sort of like, it is a bit like, ah, uh, geez, because I wasn't confident going into this game at all anyway. I was thinking West Ham are going to West Ham themselves now again. You know, they have a chance for something and then they go and West Ham it. But um, it was sort of like, ah, uh, need to cop on a bit now. But it wasn't all doom and gloom at the start. It was like, okay, because we were actually going all right at the start and then it just went to pot. <laughs> mm, and I think it's difficult because you're playing a team there's nothing to play for, right? So we were talking about this on Sunday, about when Liverpool played them. This is a team who the shackles are off, right? That they can, mm-hmm. they can, they're they're free to express themselves. In fact, even enjoy themselves a wee bit. Yeah. Um, so you know, obviously, yeah, because I was messaging you during the game, kind of giving you a bit of banter about like, oh, you know, yeah. that one rice. <laughs> um, but how, how? What are your thoughts now? Because you you go into this game then on Sunday. Right, uh, essentially, kind of in pole position for for Europa League. Mm-hmm. Um, wh- how do you feel? What do you think overall? Oh, it's just it's been an unbelievable season overall. It's it's been next level. Looking at where we were at this time last year, you know, we had relegation breathing down our neck and managed to get out of it. But the turnaround has been phenomenal. Do you know? I mean. The old Champions League was an old great dream and all that, but, you know, realism kicked in, you know, it was never really going to happen. You know, our owners would have hated it. They were complaining about having to pay £50,000 to go up to Everton for a cup game. So I imagine David Sullivan would be rolling, you know, fucking trying to find an excuse not to pay for that. But, you know, it was, um, it's it's an unbelievable turnaround. I mean, Europe is a bonus, you know. I mean, getting up there mm. and being able to go on a European tour, as you see all the West Ham fans saying, is, is unbelievable, you know. Yeah, no, I mean, going into this last game, it's nice to know that we, we have it, we have something, do you know, we have some definitely guaranteed something, especially with the Spurs loss tonight, which is a, a great bonus, but uh, yeah, no, it's exciting times, it's exciting times. Absolutely. Um, Mike, I just got a couple of questions, if you're still here, yes, you are. Uh, first question, <laughs> do you think Declan Rice is good enough to start for England? And second Absolutely. question... Second question, you feel free to elaborate the wee second. Second question, do you think Mikel Antonio is good enough to lead the line for West Ham? 
or would you think striker is the sure-in position to try and improve? Okay. Um, Declan Rice, absolutely. Um, again, I do have the West Ham bias here now, so take it maybe with a slight pinch of salt, but I think Declan Rice is probably one of the best defensive midfielders in the Premier League, you know. Um, the way he reads a game, you know, he's improving his game constantly, game by game. Um, and um, and um, he's the, the forward element of his game is improving greatly. Um, you know, he's his ability to read the game, I think that has helped before he started out at the, the centre-half and he's worked up to that position. But, you know, I think maybe himself and Henderson would be a good maybe. You know, I don't really know. I'm not really one for the international football, to be honest with you. But um, I think, yeah, he's certainly one that should be one of the main names on the starting sheet for Gareth Southgate, you know. Um, and just to, I just mentioned about Kane there as well. It's funny, obviously, there's a lot of rumours. I'm going slightly on the tangent now, so I do apologise. But talking about Harry Kane and that, you know, moving on. Do you know, like Declan Rice, you know, at the moment, not this year, you know, he is someone who deserves to go on and go for trophies and everything, you know, because he's such a fantastic player, do you know. And you can't, as a fan, blame those players for looking to move on and win stuff when the club they're at isn't able to achieve that, do you mm-hmm. know. So going back to the Kane yeah. situation, you, know, you can't blame him, do you know. But You're right, we touched on that last week, actually, Mikey, with, with mm. Iosi Perez having won the FA Cup and Joe was saying yeah. it was it was great to see as a Newcastle fan. Yeah. And I kind of had, I thought, like, when as a Stoke fan, when we let Stephen and Zonzi go, he yeah. wanted to win more and Asmir Begovic went to Chelsea and it's the same sort of thing. It's like, you're raging inside a little bit, but also you're really pleased for them. You're really pleased to see them go yeah. into the big time. Especially if they leave in good circumstances. Do you know, it's not like, like... Obviously, being a Stoke fan, you know the situation when he came to us. No, and mate, did the same thing to us. <laughs> I keep the language clean, but I think we agree about going out of pitch. To be honest with you, you know. But if they leave, if they leave in good circumstances, you can only wish them the best of luck. Do you know? But um, your second question, uh, Mikel Antonio is one of the most frustrating players to watch for West Ham. He is so frustrating. Like, there was a game, like, he confuses me because one minute he looks like he has the great striker's brain. You know, you see him making little runs, like, fantastic. He's a great position there. And then next thing you know, he's out on the wing doing nothing. Do you know, when, like, we've got Sue Fowler, Cresswell looking to cross it into the box and Antonio's nowhere to be seen. Joe, you know, there's a ball there, Saeed Ben Rama. He put in a lovely ball across the box and there was two West Brom defenders and Antonio's running with it. Is it AJ? I can't remember the lad's name. And instead of cutting in front of him, he runs behind him. So Ben Rama can't put this lovely ball in across. It literally needed tapping. You know, mm. if you have a striker there, bang. Like I said, watching the game, if Antonio was solid, he'd be banging 20 goals a season. Do you know what I mean? It just because he has the ability there. It's just he's so frustrating. It's, but yes, we need striker is the main one. Striker is the yeah. main one. I think. Personally, I wouldn't have let Hilaire go. He didn't work for West Ham. It was a it was a flop signing. He didn't work at mm-hmm. all. But at least it was slightly something different. Mm-hmm. You know, at the moment, we've no plan B. We've no plan B whatsoever. It's like they, we were found out against Everton. Do you know, we like to play on the counter, sit back and defend that. We're useless. We, we don't know how to break it down. Do you know, but yeah, I, um, I mean, rumours of like Tammy Abraham, they're interested in him. I think that would be a great sign for West Ham. I think he'd be a great addition, especially with rumours of him being on the outs of Chelsea. 
but yeah, I think I've, you can. We cannot go into next season with Mikel Antonio as our main striker. He's he's fantastic, do you know. But I, I, you can't be relying on him because a the injuries, he can he can be an awful spoofer at times. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't, absolutely. I could interest you in Joe Linton. No, no, you wouldn't take Joe Linton for a, like a, like a twenty million. We'll take a loss, but you know you'd be you'd be more than welcome. I'll I'll get a word on with Mike Ashley and set you up. Like goal scoring progress. Antonio, he reminds me of like Danny Welbeck, you know, at United or Arsenal. He's that type of player. He he's not a centre forward, but sometimes he plays like a centre forward, and he's not a winger, but sometimes he's on the wing. Uh, and but I think tying down potentially getting Jesse Lingard in and trying to get in the likes of Tammy Abraham could do yeah. West Ham absolute wonders next season. Um, oh, and yeah. if they continue as they're going, it could be a really nice squad that they actually have. Yeah, I agree 100%. I mean, Moyes has done wonders to be fair. Do you know when he came back in, it was all the Jess, what are we doing back with Moyes? But to be fair, he's he's built a solid team there now. Again, it's a solid yeah. starting eleven, but as you say, we do need to improve and expand the squad and get some players in there. That I'd say striker, you know, another holding midfield pair. Joe, but again, the, the 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 groundwork's being laid again. You know, we sort of we sort of skipped a few stages in the progression. You know, if you look at like say Leicester, you could say they jumped at winning the Premier League, but they came up a few solid seasons. We've sort of been flirting with relegation, and we sort of skipped that middle bit where we sort of finished eleventh, tenth, ninth. Ended up, you know, going sick, you know. But hopefully, yeah, it's, as I said, room to improve on, room to build on. And at the moment, it's it's a nice time being a West Ham fan for a change. <laughs> Good well, stuff. Yeah, thank you so much, Mikey, for coming on. All the best for Sunday. Um, Thanks for having me. It's been a good time. It'll be interesting because, you know, there'll be plenty for us to talk about if they do make Europa League because I think it'll be really interesting to see how West Ham actually do in in Europe and what ultimately in my opinion is their ceiling right I think even getting Europa League is an unbelievable achievement oh you, absolutely I think absolutely. there's going to have to be some serious serious squad management next season you're going to have to you're going to have to fill that bench rightly because mm-hmm. you're not going to be used to being playing a Thursday Sunday Thursday Sunday schedule so yeah. I think it'll be really interesting but Mike, you're more than welcome back on any time, mate. If you want, even you know Sunday, if you get your Europa League, you want to come celebrate, more than welcome. But uh, thank you so much. Uh, <laughs> yes. Really, really well, coming thanks on. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks. Good so luck against Southampton on Sunday. Hope it goes well. Thanks. For, thanks very much. See you, much, you <laughs> See you later. Yeah, Bye. Right. What well, was excellent? Um, just want to briefly mention there. Sam said uh, he would say Liverpool, Chelsea, probably to get three and four. Um, Liverpool are shaky at times. And they still, but they do still have the best from the league. That's a good point to mention, um, Sam, because they do have the best from the league. Should definitely point that out. But I just want to point out one final thing, and that is that Joe Willock is one of the best players in the Premier League ever. Um, just obviously, you know, humble brag. We beat Sheffield United one 0 You know, not many teams have been able to do it this well season. Done, mate. Big bottom yeah, of the yeah. league, Sheffield United one 0 Starting a seventeen-year-old striker up top. Wow. So, uh, you know. They were so scared that they had to put Brewster on the bench, but um, no, it's uh, just I just wanted to shout it out because he's now he's the youngest ever player to, in Premier League history to score in six consecutive games. Um, so I was joking about the one nil thing, Sam. Okay, I, I will shut up. I promise. But that was just a significant stat. Not a, I would have mentioned that for any team. I would have mentioned that for any team. 
Um, so I just wanted to point that out because it's a moment of history. But this show is overrun by ten minutes because it was it was madness. Carnage in the chat, wasn't it? <laughs> It's been great. Thanks so much, guys, for all the comments and opinions and questions. It's been really fun responding, yeah, chatting, and getting triggered by Josh Rain. So it's been, yeah, it's been a good one. Um, yeah, if I'm Jamie Vardy, I'm quick on my boots. Joe Willock's coming for my title of most consecutive games scored in. Um, no, thank you, Josh. Uh, but follow us on Apple, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. Give us a good mm-hmm. wee review on Apple. That'd be lovely. Five star would be, be great. Um, but yeah, check out those podcasts because we add in extra intros and outros answering football or non-football related questions um, and just other things about our life. If you want to get to know us a little bit better and not think that we're just opinionated scumbags that talk yeah. about football and hate on Liverpool, so feel free yes. to, to follow <laughs> us there. Yeah, no, I just want to say personally for me, a big thank you to everyone who was in tonight and, and bringing their comments in because it does make for a... A more spontaneous show let's put it that way um but it was great to hear from you guys with all your thoughts and opinions there was brief moment mentioned in the chat about the local game um northern ireland uh about crusaders last night um i don't know if you know about this look but there was uh, a bit of controversy because the crusaders keeper um was deemed to have his foot off the line in a penalty shootout against lauren twice got booked twice in a row was sent off and then the third retake, they scored the penalty. I've seen the photo. I don't really think it's a... Well, in fact, it's an absolute disgrace of a decision. Uh, I'm a Glens fan, so I have no stake in that game, and I don't have any kind of animosity between either team. Uh, Crusaders put us out of the cup, um, but I just thought it was a, a joke of a decision. Uh, I just wanted to briefly mention that so that you guys could you just knew that we were acknowledging that in the chat. But that's, I, I would like to chat about the Irish League Um during that kind of quiet period during the summer, because I am quite interested in the Irish League, so it might be a good podcast episode we can do in the future, Luke. But thank you again for joining me, Luke, as always. My um, pleasure. And up a Seasiders, come on, Banger. <laughs> and we will see you all on Sunday night at 8pm for our live reactions to the, the Premier League uh, results and the final table and all that good stuff. So hopefully we'll see you there. Take it easy, guys. Have a good rest of your week. And we'll see you on Sunday night. Never forget, the problem with Arsenal is they try to walk the ball in the back of the net. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) And that was our show for tonight. I am so excited for Sunday. Like, the... There's so many possible things that could happen whenever we stumble it's upon so nice. Arsenal. Like it's it's we stumble, so nice that there's something to actually play for, isn't it? And the fact oh, that we stumbled yeah. upon Arsenal potentially getting Europa Conference League is quite funny, but considering the season that they've had. Um, yeah, it's going to be mental. Make sure to tune in on Sunday night, 8pm, because we'll be talking about the end of the Premier League season Everything that happened, we'll have all the games covered for you guys. Even the ones that don't matter, we'll cover them. We'll chat about them. Um, but yeah, apart from that on Sunday, look, what are you getting up to between now and then? Not too much, to be fair. But actually, it's a lie. Tomorrow, as a team, to the day you'll be listening to this, podcast listeners, uh, we're going to Cargo by Vertigo in Belfast for a wee, uh, wee team lunch. It's really nice. nice. 
so nice. excited by that. That'd be really nice. Just hashtag not an ad. Nope, not at all. Sponsor <laughs> me though. Uh, so All the restaurants are available. <laughs> so true. And that'll be good. And then pretty chill. Other than that, and then Friday standard going home, youth mm. club in the evening, and then a wee bit of football on Saturday. Excited to see how football plays out this week. Hopefully, Joe, you won't die. No deaths, zero deaths, glitches only. Um, no, I. Yeah, it sounds good. Sounds nice. What about yourself? I'm... Uh, I just have to study for my third exam, um, which is again on Tuesday. Well, just all Tuesdays. Um, probably end up <laughs> streaming on the day on on Thursday. So we've had to, there's been a bit of gaming controversy, uh, mm. and there's been a bit of Ubisoft controversy. Who make I all the heard about trade the, games? But yeah. I didn't know the actual details. I heard about some some person called Ubis Ubis. Mm-hmm. What is it? So they've been kind of there's been a whole whole like sexual misconduct going on in the workplace that's all oh. been kind of brushed under the carpet. So I don't yeah. feel like it's right for me to be streaming the Assassin's Creed games when I know that that's happening. Like, yeah. so I'm gonna I'm gonna start the Last of Us basically tomorrow. So oh, nice. That'll be fun. So that's that's the plan. But uh, apart from that, studying, studying, football on Saturday morning, studying, studying, church, studying, Premier League, studying, podcast. Basically, that's my life. Nice. So That sounds but absolutely dreamy. I'm so excited to be done. I'm so excited to be done. We're like nearly there, like two weeks, pretty much. And then yeah, I'm free of the degree. You know, the content will be back yeah, on the yeah. Joe pages. It won't be a barren <laughs> wasteland like it has been recently. You know, I can actually get to do stuff I enjoy. You're so, right. It'll be good. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for you. And I hope it goes well. But we'll be back again on Sunday to chat about mm-hmm. the exciting final day of the Premier League season. Joe, this is a good time to be alive. I can't wait. I hope you are as excited. RIP headphone listeners. I hope you're all <laughs> excited. We will see you there. Have a lovely end of your week, a lovely weekend, and we'll see you on Sunday. See you then.